is now the ultimate power in the universe. At last, we will reveal ourselves. Hello there. We're here, we're back, and welcome to Lightsaber Radio, your weekly hive of rebellion and redemption for anything and everything Star Wars Rebels. If you haven't already, make sure you smash that subscribe button, hit the notification bell to join our live shows on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And if you like this video, drop us a like, it means the whole galaxy. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Hello. What's going wow, on? We're, we're actually live. Dude, it's just been such a long day. It's been crazy. <laughs> like, we're, we're here. Did wow. What's up? I said it took forever to get to Wednesday. Oh, yeah. It really did. My Monday and oh. Tuesday took forever. <laughs> also, what, what I realized in the intro is that Claymation Darth Vader that points his finger, I don't know if that's animation or Claymation, he's got a freaking red crayon on his box. It's, I you didn't it's notice that. No, I was sitting there watching and I was like, I, I, I always watch his finger when he points. And then I was like, I'm going like, to really look at it this time. And I look and I'm like, that's a red crayon. Really? How cute. Wow, I'm looking forward to next time I have to watch that. <laughs> Every time I watch the intro, I see something new. It's like, exactly how many Star Wars clips did you squish into that, Kyle? Uh, I'm not sure. A lot. All of them. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> It's really Hi, hard Chris. to get into like a 30 second thing. Like, I was trying to keep it, you know, less 30 seconds or less. I'm not going to lie. It's very nicely edited, very nicely paced. What's going on, Chris, Nick, and Dylan? Thank you guys for joining us. Hi guys, thank you for joining us this evening. Today we are talking about episodes three and four of season one of Rebels, and we're talking about Galactic Star Cruiser because oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I have no enthusiasm. I no enthusiasm. <laughs> Zero for this Star Cruiser. I mean, I watched, like I said, when I was talking to Charlie before the the live came on. It it. Yeah, yeah, I've watched some videos. And <laughs> I'm not. I've done my research. I'm not I'm, that keen. I'm not enthused just yet. I'm I'm a I'm a wait until a guy gives us like the full experience, except for when he goes to bed, kind of stuff. You know, I want the what's the breakfast like? To be what's honest, right after breakfast, kind of stuff. No. Looking no. at the itinerary, there is no bedtime, CJ. There is no. There is no sleep. There is you no rest. Two hours. There is you only get two hours. hours. <laughs> you get two hours of sleep and then you are to report on the bridge because shit's getting real. <laughs> Sensational. Did any of you guys get a chance to catch up on these latest two episodes of Rebels or is it? I've seen them enough times that I know what happens okay. in them, but I didn't get a chance to rewatch them. In all actuality, I've been watching a lot of um, I've been watching a lot of videos on MS and stuff like that. Just to kind of know what my future kind of looks like. Oh, I don't think I, uh, I've talked about that yet on the podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know if, as of yet, I won't know till the 11th before, till I go see the neurology uh, people, but my doctor has basically told me that she's pretty sure that I got MS. So just let everybody know. And it's kind of weird because like I'm getting like symptoms and weird shit's happening to me. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? So. I've been kind of watching a lot of videos on that lately and kind of studying up on that, kind of get an idea of what the rest of my life is going to be like. And it doesn't seem too much fun. Mm. So 
but that's beyond the. Well, I know the episode. I, I mean, I've seen them. I probably watched Rebels the season. <laughs> I probably watched Rebels at least the first twelve or first season like six times. So yeah, I know what happens. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They're pretty well memorized. Yeah. Phoenix uh, and I woke up early this morning to watch those two. She was waking brother up and I yanked her out of the room and I'm like, we're going to not wake anybody else up this morning. Let's go watch some Rebels. You haven't seen That's it yet. That's fun. <clears throat> episode three is titled Droids in Distress and episode four is titled Fight or Flight. Yeah. Um, no. What? I coughed. Sorry. Oh, that's not right. Flight or Flight is episode three. Rise of Old Master is episode four. Wait, what? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, episode three. Yeah, episode three is Droids in Distress, and episode four is Fight or Flight. What the hell is episode two, then? Episode two is episode one and two are the part two pilot. Part one and part two. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull it up right here. I'm looking at IDMDB right now. Yeah, one to two is Star Wars Rebels Spark of the What the hell? I'm looking at IMDB. It says episode one. That's season three. That's season three. I'm on Wikipedia, guys, so don't come for me, okay? Spark of the Rebellion is episode one and two, Droids in Distress, and then Fight or Flight is episode four. Yeah. I I watch Droids in Distress and Fight or Flight. (laughs) Because Rise of the Old Master is episode five. That one started playing and I panicked and turned it off and went, no, I can't, it's not next week. (laughs) I. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Did you end up like binging? Uh, yeah, we got to season three before we went to school today. We were up at like 4:30 this morning. Damn. So I, did, I didn't have to go to work, so it was really nice. So I'm That's guessing cool. what IMDb did, because well, no, actually, I'm looking at Star Wars on the thing. On a no, this is IMDb. IMDb has a spark of rebellion. Is it? Season one, episode one, and then Dory's in distress is season one, episode two. They are. It don't matter. I know them all by heart. <laughs> at least the first twelve episodes. After we get that, I'll be like, uh, I don't know. Like I watched them. I watched at least the season, at least all the seasons, at least twice. But I don't know. I get stuck watching episode. I'll go. I'll start. I'll put it on and I'll watch all the way to twelve, and then something will happen, and I'll get off and I won't watch it, and then I don't ever <laughs> go back and start watching it. So I've watched <laughs> like one through episode one through twelve. I'll probably watch six times. I don't know why it just happens. The official description for episode three is low on food and fuel. The ghost crew agrees to steal an Imperial weapon shipment for crime Lord Sticatro Visago. During the mission, they encounter a familiar droid duo and find that the weapons in question are more deadly than they realized. Yes, they are. Right. (laughs) These are basically the weapons used to wipe out all of um, Zeb's people. Can anybody in the chat tell me what those weapons are called? Fun surprise, Charlie's possible quiz question. <laughs> Come on, chat, don't let me down. I'm waiting for this. I think they're on a lag, so you gotta give them a sec. They're disruptors, oh, okay. I know that. I can't remember the exact name. <laughs> something disruptors. Stop stealing points from chat. <laughs> but ain't nobody in the chat said anything yet. <laughs> yeah, they're fun to use in Battlefront, but. Um, <laughs> yes, Chris, we did find out that, but they also have moderators on um, IMDb that are paid to go in and they're, well, I mean, and that's just a billion of billions and billions of Jeez. pieces of information. Um, oh, well, Chris put, didn't, uh, didn't we already find out that IMDb was Wikipedia's of show and movie shit? Yeah. And to a certain extent, yeah, but they have mediators that go in and they are paid to correct things. Sure. So you don't know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, they might have 
who knows how many employees that they have doing it and a billion pieces of information. So you don't know what's right or wrong at this point. <laughs> you don't who, know what they've corrected or what they have corrected. Um, Dylan, you are correct, and so was Kyle. They are T7 ion disruptor rifles. And Hera sits Ezra down and goes, cut Zeb some slack. Do you have any idea what they do to organic material? And he goes, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, they kind of make you old inside out. I was going to say, it, it sounds something horrific and dramatic. It definitely ain't a good thing. You would never want it to happen to you, ever. Doesn't sound nice. Doesn't, doesn't sound nice. Yeah, no. It's, it, it's not no. fun, but basically, the Empire used it on Zeb's and planet. And they, horrible. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Bodhi collection. What's good, saw. Hey, Bodhi. I do like that little bit of, like, storyline that they put in there. Showing that, yeah, the Empire is bad, you know, because we got hints of it in um, Bad Batch, like what is making the Empire bad. Obviously, the Death Star blowing up all the around, that's pretty bad. But it's it's good to see, like, how is the Empire affecting, like, these regular kind of people? Yeah. Right? And, and you got to remember, Rebels happens prior, and Bad Batch happens prior to the Death Star, so... Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, so for them to just be... And we kind of learned about, about it in the book of Boba Fett too, because we learned the of uh, the purge of uh, Mandalore. Yeah. So the the Empire is not nice people, and you know, and we learned about it in multiple episodes of um, of uh, Bad Batch because you know when they went on Ryloth and how they were treating the people on Ryloth and the schemes and everything that the that, that the Empire is doing. So Rebels kind of gives you that like insight like what's happening in the entire galaxy, not just in like the inner core or the mid rim, but the outer rim as well. Because like this is happening closer to, this is on the outer rim. So they're seeing things that are happening and the things that are happening are kind of like, okay, the, 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 the empire sucks. These are like, they're, they're not, they're basically Russia right now. You know, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's where we're at at this point. They just, they're just blowing planets up and killing everybody and not caring. I um, <clears throat> uh, I love that we got to see C three PO and R two D two. That was adorable. Love C3PO the be a snitch though. C three PO snitch though. Why what? does Chopper have beef with R two? What are they saying to each other? What? I think Chopper has beef with all other droids. I don't matter what droid it is, no, he just don't Chopper like. Chopper has beef with everyone. There's a, yeah. you you gotta have some serious underlying psychological no, issues to do I the did, things that he's gonna do. I did some reading. It turns out, um, not only is Chopper extremely old, but because of his age, he's had such limited maintenance on his circuits and his components that he's developed this really like antagonistic, aggressive streak where he does literally hate everyone. <laughs> He's just a very grumpy old man, and I can relate to that. I think Chopper's one of the one of my favorite characters in oh, the whole brilliant. in the whole season and <laughs> in the whole uh, series because Chopper just be going nuts all the time. Like he just like just jacks up all the droids. He's constantly messing with Ezra and Zeb like all the time. He don't ever right. leave him alone. Like he took the bull. <laughs> Out of the bed. Uh, yeah. Ezra just fully smacks Chopper across the face like it's nothing. It's the mm -hmm. most violent we've seen him be in these three episodes, and he just goes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, yeah, Chopper is not. He, he, he's like one of my favorite characters because he just don't care. 
But he's always there to save everybody's ass, too. He just yeah. constantly saving them. Like, every time they turn around, here comes Chopper to the rescue or something. He's doing something. But I like the fact that they tell him to do something. He has to argue about it before he can yeah. just go do it. He's He'll do it, but he's going to argue first. He's got a gripe. He's just... It's <laughs> like an old guy. Like Charlie said, he's, like, really old, so he just gripes about yeah. it. He's like, he's like that 80-year-old guy you meet at the supermarket that just bitches about everything. Like, they he... moved my eye. Like... <laughs> <laughs> My chips were over here in aisle three. Why are they in aisle six? <laughs> yeah. oh, geez, I love Chopper though. He is that old guy. I have to give him that. He really he's the he's the he's the old man that you're afraid to walk in front of his house every day when you're going home from school. Because you know he's gonna be standing there staring at you. Yeah. Just waiting for you to do something wrong. Oh yeah. And so he can yell at you about something just nosy for no reason. Like, dude, we just, do this every day. He just has a shotgun with him. It's never loaded. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he's just, just wrestling um, against his leg. <laughs> he's the Clint Eastwood of Rebels. Yeah. If you've seen Gran Torino, he is the Clint Eastwood of Rebels. Like yeah. obviously sort of BB-8 and, and Dio and R2-D2 especially have these kind of really unique, really bold personalities. Chopper is the boldest of them all. Yeah. Uh, I did not think you could Chopper put that much personality. Chopper and L3, yeah. But, oh my god, imagine them teamed up together. No. I said yeah, this if Chopper could speak English, like imagine the things that he would say. They I would I would love it. Out. What are you talking about? He's binary. Okay. I would argue the closest to like actual words, so you can really kind of almost understand him at some points in his <laughs> the rudeness. <laughs> so one of the things that I really liked about this episode was the fact of their planning. You know, when they plan to get these disruptors back from the uh, from the Empire, the way that they set it up. And at first, they don't know that they're disruptors. But when they're going to get this stuff, the way they set it up and they trick everything and, and Chopper kind of gets into the gets into it and he keeps messing around. And then they make all the droids leave the thing so she can um, translate and she can find out the information um, so they can go steal the stuff. I thought it was like very creative, like. Dude, they're almost like bank robbers, and they're trying to figure out how to rob a bank, but they're getting the intel from the bank manager themselves. You know, like, okay, it's going to be in 7, and it's really in 17. But, you know, the trickery and all that stuff, it just really shows the the, the rates that they're going. And at this point, it's not really for the rebels. At this point, it's more or less because they're trying to get money to survive and just so they can keep doing the little heist that they're doing. His 3PO pops off, and he's like, you get you can get her very confused 17 and 7 you know they sound very similar in the dialect and i'm like reveal shut up like that's something i didn't understand like you called the empire like you really called the empire and told them this is what was happening like don't you belong to Bill Organa? Why are you, why are you snitching? Why are you calling the Empire? Like, where, where in your wiring did it get crossed that you know it was just a that you were confused about who you worked for? You worked for Bill, you know what I'm saying? You don't work for the Empire. You're just there being a translator for the Empire at the moment. I actually think this episode shows the point that 3PO and R2 joined the rebellion versus being freelancers. Well, because like you got to remember when R2's always known. Well, yeah. and, well, think about this. Think about it like this. You know, when we when we leave um, Revenge of the Sith, um, when we leave or not, yeah, Revenge of the Sith, when we leave there, C-3PO and R2 are given to Bell Organa by Obi-Wan. 
that's he he they belong to him and then they get sent on this job you know like and then the first thing c-3po does like oh we're getting kidnapped and oh my god he calls the empire like why are you calling the empire you don't belong to the empire you belong to <laughs> bell Organa. like you, you might not bail? know bell is the head of the uh of the rebels yet you might not know that that's you know he's part of the senate people that are trying to fight against the empire but you don't call you call your boss you don't call the empire you know what i'm saying like why would you do that instead of talking to your manager you just went up to the top level where the owners at incorporate like you went straight past who you belong to like there's a chain of command you need to follow before you do this 3po you don't just go straight to the owner with a problem you go to the manager and R2 is just like, what are you doing? You're like, R2's running around trying to help out the rebels yeah. and trying to do stuff. He knows what's going on and C-3PO is just lost. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't get it. You know, like, let me just snitch on everybody. Call the Empire. Um, this was a pretty, like, star-studded episode. I didn't know that uh, Freddie Prince Jr. voices uh, Kanan. Oh, his favorite thing, yes, it's Kanan. Kanan, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, this episode has Phil Lamar in it, Anthony Daniels, Paul Rubens. Like this is a. It's a also, did you, I know, I'm sure you guys already know this, but Dave Filoni voices Chopper. Yep. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> that just seems Absolutely like something he would amazing. do, though. Like out of all the characters, <laughs> he would pick the vulgar, rude one. Like out of all of them. Chris, that moment was fantastic. Just, I love, I love, I love Chopper. I think he's fast becoming my favorite. Kyle, I agree stuff the actual cast of people that i'm supposed to care about stuff ezra i just i care about angry little chopper and it's crazy as the episodes go on in rebels it's like you'll love a character in an episode like they might not even have to be about that character but you will find a character in the episode and you'll be like oh this is my new favorite character i just love the way that and then it's like and then the next one i don't know how dave does it like i really don't um dave just has a way of getting you to connect with the characters and you will find yourself connecting with the characters in this show individually and in your own certain way so it's like really because like i'd be like i love i like i watch the 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 episode one and two that are combined whatever spark of the rebellion and you watch it and it's like dude zeb is crazy you know what i'm saying zeb is cool as shit i like the hell out of zeb but then you watch this episode and you're like dude chopper's dope (laughs) chopper's crazy you know what i'm saying and then you watch the next episode and you're like oh man ezra's like just I just like his snappiness. I like the way he, you know, he always got a comeback. He always got something to say. He got something smart to say. Like, you're really going to trade this kid to be a Jedi because this kid's a smart ass. You know what I'm saying? But he's right, and he does stuff that just makes it feel right. You know, it's just, it fits, and then, you're, then you love Ezra. Then the next episode, you might love Sabine for some reason or whatever. Just He just has a way of connecting you with the, with the characters of this. That's something that I felt that was lacking in like the Bad Batch. Like I connected to, you know, like everybody had their own character that they connected throughout the series. But you didn't really have that same connection all the way through. And I'm like, damn, what, what, it was was Dave like sick when he was writing this or something? You know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't get to- Rested. It was like, and I didn't, you know, you don't really expect it in, 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 um, Clone Wars because there's so many different characters. I mean, there's just frick every episode, you got 20 new characters in it. It's like, dude, who is this guy? Who is this guy? There's just so many. There's really, it's really hard to do that. And this is Dave's like big, you know, Clone Wars was his very first big project. And he had 
George over his shoulder the whole time telling him, nah, I don't like that dude, change this, change that, you know, so, which, you know, George is allowed to do that, it's his shit. But, you know, for this, that's why I think I, I, I liked Rebels so much more than I liked the Clone Wars because it allowed you to connect with all these different characters and, you know, you, you get to really feel their emotions and how they are as people. And that was kind of hard to do in Clone Wars except with Ahsoka and, and and Anakin. You know, everybody else, you didn't really get that same connection feeling with them. It was just all based on Ahsoka and Anakin from the very beginning all the way through. You got a little bit of Kenobi in there, a little bit of Rex and Cody and stuff like that, but it wasn't like, most of the episodes was based on Anakin and Ahsoka, so that's who you connected with. I am, um, as a new viewer, I, I really enjoyed the fact that, like, it's quite a big cast of people, and often shows like that you can get kind of, like, I was very overwhelmed with The Clone Wars the first time I tried to watch it because there are so many new characters that I don't know, I'm not familiar with. Rebels, it's it's like microdosing of you each episode you're given this sort of snippet of the best bit of these characters you're given these these things to hold on to and to pick up on and to build your own emotional connections to each and every single one of them carl's completely right one episode i love ezra one episode i'm completely behind hero one episode like this episode the fourth one with sabine and her spray painting love that I love her. That's that's so cool to just be like. I knew yeah, you'd like that. Up. I knew Charlie. That was like so that. much fun. And and it it, it brought you back too because it's like, it's like the parent. Like you have Hera's in here and she's like the parent. You know what I'm saying? The kids is getting on her nerves. Go do something, and then she gives them an impossible task to go do. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no Malu runs on the whole thing. There there isn't none. So they send her, you know, they, they, he says, she sends them out, you know, and then the kids go out and then they just get in more trouble. But they at least they ain't in hair, her hair getting in trouble. And Sabine's like, oh, this is, gives me a great opportunity to spray paint their bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Let me paint up their bedroom. So it, like, like I said, that's, it gave you that ability because you've been that kid before. You can relate to it. You've been that kid that the parent yeah. was like, get the hell away, just go. Go outside, go play. Get away from me, you know? Who's here? Y'all get on go my damn nerves. <laughs> you know, go do something else. And then you go out and get in trouble and they're like, oh. But, you know, they, they completed their task, but, you know, they stole the TIE fighter and, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Sat in the TIE fighter, co the TIE fighter cockpit, just sort of looking at their shoes while they're like, uh, so we stole a TIE fighter. Get rid of it. Okay. You can, you can, can I say error in the background like this? <laughs> hey, can I say though that the fourth episode? I know stormtroopers are bad shots, like from the original movies. No, no. But dude, they're missing from like three yards. Like this is sad, man. And this is. It was getting frustrating. Okay, that's the only criticism I have so far is that these stormtroopers are utterly incompetent. Yeah. Like it's it's bad. Y'all seen uh y'all seen the thing I put up on um on uh, Instagram stories, right? Uh hold up. Y'all keep talking, I gotta bring it up, I gotta show everybody because it is I think like, honestly I... my favorite part in this episode was when Chopper took the bolts out of the bed. So that was ridiculous. Like, like he, he Zeb's like, leave me alone. Zeb was like, it's my room too. Jumps on in the bed immediately falls on Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 like a you took the like, bolts out of their bed. Two brothers sharing a room. 
Um, there you go, Chris. You asked for my chopper impression. That's all you're getting. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I knew when Chopper was in there, I knew better, because he one second he goes in, you can't see him. Next second, he shocks Ezra. Things escalate, and then he's got the bolts to the bed, and he's like, wah, 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 wah. like I win. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good chopper. Um, are Melu Ron fruits just like a running gag now? Is this like a? Is this the? Is this the meme? The 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 they're always in every episode. Yeah, they they use it for quite a bit. I think in the rest of the season. Nice. Uh, at least for <laughs> the twelfth episode, I can't remember after that. But I want to yeah. eat one. Someone get me one. I want to bite it. I want it. Looks really tasty. Looks aggressive too at the same time though. <gasps> hey, little Miss Marshall! Yes. Thank you for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it. We are we are screaming about how much we all love Chopper. That's that's the extent of the conversation so far. <laughs> that's it. My violent war criminal droid. <laughs> yeah, my only issue so far with watching like a couple of episodes, whoever animated them running. Oh yeah, it's I terrible. hate it. It's so bad. It's so it looks so goofy. It, it's definitely not one of their the, the, the animation on Rebels is not the greatest it's more cartoonish than it is like animation um, but it's okay because the story is good like the story is good enough that it makes it like it's tolerable because any of us right now like when you go to like the Bad Batch and you go you know and you're looking at like the animation is just amazing and then you go to look at this, you're like, what the hell am I watching Scooby-Doo or something? You know what I'm saying? Like about four. Like, but the story is so good, it keeps you captivated. Yes. And the characters. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do the Zoidberg after I did Chopper. I'm so sorry, Chris. What is going on? Um, also, these two episodes were a really nice showing of uh, Ezra getting to know the crew and starting to build friendships and build trust. It's like, again, Star Wars loves orphans. Star Wars is a bit obsessed with the idea of orphans finding family, as we all know. So here we've got another yeah. kind of classic Star Wars I'm really liking. I'm really liking him and Zeb, Zeb right? Zeb's really yes. like Yeah. Yes. And how they hate so, each other, but they like each other. I'm, yes. It's like love. total brother kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's the and big I'm brother, really little thinking. brother thing. It's my yeah, little brother really and I really like that. I've I've never like had brothers, so I I can only I can only imagine. But it, <laughs> like the way the way Garrison and his brother were when they were on the show, that <laughs> it's awesome. My little that, brother and I used to run around and get in trouble all the time. So every time I watch Zeb and Ezra get in trouble, it's like wow, there's some suppressed trauma I don't want to relive. Whereas me. I, I'm always one friend, so I fully relate to here. I just standing up about me being like, stop it. This is my ship. All of you, stop. <laughs> Damn, I am that energy, 100%. She's also very, very pretty. An animated person is not allowed to be that pretty. Have you really looked at her eyes, though? Her eyes are just so yeah. gorgeous. I'm and sorry, I can't Hera. help it. Oh, who are y'all talking about? Hera. Hera. Hera's eyes. <laughs> All the cartoon characters, I would like have babies with her. I'm serious. I'm serious. They'd be like ugly looking weird kids with like half leko, lack leko, and weird looking faces and stuff, but that, that's all right. They'd be mine, so I'd be okay. Kind of like that clone deserter. Yeah. 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 
Yes, when um when Hera gets mad at Zeb and like just drops his full name. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's such a straight oh, mom vibe. <laughs> it was like when I heard that because I don't rem- I didn't remember it when I watched it. I was like, oh, oh, wow, okay, that's wow. When 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 Ezra's trying to like get the shipment and like save his own skin, and Zeb is flying the Tie Fighter upside down, hanging out of it using his feet. Amazing. <laughs> Laugh out loud. There's and also, be like just a leaving him. Sensor in the seat. How was that a thing? <laughs> leaving him being like, "Are you going to say that I saved your life? Are you going to say it? Say it. You need to say. It. You have to say it." Oh, Such brother, brother, ally energy. So much fun. And like when when he does that, he's like, "I saved your life. You owe me. Remember that kind of attitude." It's like, mm, okay. "Yes, Bodhi. I am so looking forward to seeing some more Hera and Kanan relationship because I get that they're together, but I'd love to see a bit more depth to that and sort of how they ended up together and how they feel about each other." And I want to see that in the Bad Batch. Oh yes. I want to see that because we see that they're around. The- a, a good like three four year age gap with each other in like I want to know how they meet and run into each other do we get that in the Bad Batch where the Bad Batch runs into Kanan again and they help him do something and then he meets Hera and like falls in love with her at first sight kind of cute shit like, puppy love high school fling shit you know <laughs> all the fun stuff I don't think it's gonna be uh, I don't think it's uh, from what I remember it's not like well I mean not from what I remember, because I haven't showed that part yet, but like you can see that it's like in a gradual thing. They both have a physical mm-hmm. attraction to one another, but I would definitely love to see that as well. You know, if they brought that up in a bad batch, like how they be, I would love to know that. Like, how does the, like, and that's something I think that they could really put in the, into the bad batch is how does the rebels, I mean, that could lead up to rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, how, because we, and it's kind of, they've already showed Kanan, they've already showed Hera, they've already, you know, like all these things are coming together to, that might be where they're leading me, us to. Me, Zeb, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I have a feeling that, that, that Zeb and Kanan is like going to be like a Chewy Han type of yes. thing. Yes. You, you see know, him? like. Yeah, like, um, you know, like almost like a life debt type thing, like Zeb, Zeb saves Kanan or Kanan saves Zeb or something like that. I have a feeling that it might come to, to something like that. Nick, that is an excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, the latest episode of Star Wars Insider has uh, removed the spring 2022 release date for Bad Batch and changed it to coming soon. Yeah. So it seems to be people are theorizing that it's being moved to go between uh, Kenobi and Andor. I will have Bad Batch in the summer. Which is I think that, that would be I, better. Yeah. That's what, well, I mean, that kind of fits with our schedule because we started with the Bad yeah. Batch in the summertime. Oh, that's cute. <gasps> we can keep the cycle going the right way. Man. Uh-huh. Back well, then it keeps started. us more of us, it, it, it keeps us more with a constant, um, a constant uh, fluctuation of content coming out. Yes. You know, instead of dropping two things at one time, because the last thing you want to do is compete with two different things that people, oh. I mean, especially with Kenobi, you, nobody, like we'd all watch Bad Batch, but we're going to watch Kenobi first. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be talking you know, about Kenobi yeah. more. All right. So I'm about to bring this up. This is a thing that I made for the Lightsaber Radio uh, for the uh, Instagram. I think I posted it at least once you so far. You make chorus. Let's see. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> share screen. Push the button. <laughs> Hit the I had button. to get to the thing. Hit the button. Stormtroopers. <laughs> I love that. Yes. 
I think I posted it at least once on there. Yes. Can we just admire that clone trooper's armor real fast? Ooh. So that's first order. Yeah. Uniform. Oh my Bro, god, listen. I don't know. Because how bad they shoot in Rebels, they... <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. But see, that's the pun so on the meat. Nah. Yeah. That's the pun on it. Like, they, they don't even oh, miss no. us. That's I how we're good with all her. <laughs> I shared one on Twitter myself, on the LSR Twitter. <laughs> Oh, yesterday? It's messed up. I could have swore I had it on my computer. I had to literally okay. email it to myself so I could put it on there. My yeah, boss a... is literally blind. He could shoot better. I swear. <laughs> I swear it's a it's a it's a tweet and it's a picture of two stormtroopers looking at each other. Darts later? Yeah, why not? And all the darts are around the dartboard. <laughs> and not one is on the dartboard. Beautiful. They're all around. <laughs> and I said, still an amazing joke after all these years. Going back to so, the second, ooh, oh, go ahead, no, going back go ahead. to the of Rebels, the other thing I really enjoyed, um, Ezra embracing his full Anakin Skywalker, I'm really awkward, I've never talked to a girl, hey, Sabine, are you, are you painting? Yeah. And she's there like, mm-hmm. He is, like, he is trying so, I mean, and when you really think about it, like, it's, it's, it's not the fact that Kanan came back and was like, <laughs> You know, you can get back to lightsaber and you can get back to holocron and all that stuff. You know, you can do that and you can come with me and I can train you to be a Jedi. He didn't go for that reason. He go. He went because he's like Sabine. His neck I be mean. snapping. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all right, that'll be cool to learn how to be a Jedi, but I want to get her. That's why I would. If I become a Jedi, maybe I will get her. Works Which is not a good moral that. compass on being a coming a Jedi, but you know, he's not yeah, got a really good teacher in Kanan because Kanan's slipping around with hair anyway. Yeah, it's like Kanan uh-huh. can't speak. That's the worst part. He can't be like, you can't date Sabine when he's like over here shacking up with freaking Hera. Like, that's very hypocritical. I'd be like Obi Wan and Satine. Like, if Obi Wan was having fun with Satine, he'd be like, you can't talk to Bad Day. You better quit that. Um, I loved seeing Bail Organa again and him recreating like Leia and R2's moment at the end of that third episode when he says the simplest gesture of kindness can fill a galaxy with hope. Like, I need to be crying. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Please. Yeah, that's a, that, that, I think, and that's one of the things I think that, uh, that I, I said it last week, is every single one of these episodes all the way through four has a moral like a moral code to it and when you're watching these episodes and you're like oh man that's like i didn't think about it like that that's one of the things i think that grasps you in because you can learn something from every one of these episodes that you can actually take out into the real world every day and utilize it's and i don't know if it's so much you know just because of the stuff that's going on with me but i've been paying a lot more attention to you know inspirations details of stuff things like that but the other day i was at the store and I'm getting stuff for dinner, or yesterday, it wasn't even the other day, it was yesterday. I'm getting stuff to make dinner. I was gonna make some taco bake stuff for dinner. Um, I try to help out with the wife and cook a little bit. Um, but I'm in the store and this lady, she's buying stuff and I think her stuff came out to like 1560 or something like that. And she's, but she only got like $13. So I'm like, don't worry about it, I'll just pay for it for you. And she's like, and she's like, you know, she gave me this look like, why would you do that? And I'm like, don't worry about it, I, I'll, I'll take care of you. So I buy her groceries, you know, so that way she could get her, cause she was over there talking to the lady about some uh, 
well, I, I got to figure out what I want to take off, but she couldn't figure it out because she needed all the ingredients to make whatever she was making. So it's like, you can't take nothing off of it if you need it. So anyway, I paid for it for her. And then my son asked me, he's like, why did, why would you do that? And I'm like, I think about it like this. If I did that one nice thing for her and then she goes, does it something nice. And then, you know, that person goes, does something nice. And then, you know, that person goes and it just starts a chain reaction of people doing nice things for one another. Because like right now, this world has no compassion for nobody. It just, people just are very uncompassionate right now. And with COVID and wars and everything, people are just not compassionate. But he was like, what if she doesn't? I'm like, well, I'll never know. So why does it doesn't make a difference? You know what I'm saying? I'll never know what's gonna happen from that point forward. But in my mind, I can be happier knowing that I did something and it's gonna make me happier just to believe that that's gonna come. And if you really look at episode four, it's kind of like that belief. You know what I'm saying? As long as we're trying, as long as we're doing something. And that was kind of like the moral statement that I got from episode four when I watched it before. It's just like, it doesn't matter as long as you're trying. Just try to do something. And I think every single episode gives you that in this. That's why I like this so much, because I learned something. It wasn't just I watched a cartoon. It was good. It was about Star Wars. Okay, yeah, we know it's about hope. Everything that has to do with Star Wars is about hope. But it was more than that. It was like each episode gave you like this moral, like this. I'm trying to think of that, that like that moral quote that just helps you with life. Each episode gives you that all the way to the end of season four. And that that's what captivates you about Rebels. It's something that the Clone Wars was just lacking. It was something that I think the Bad Batch lacks. Not that the Bad Batch ain't good, it just lacks that. It just doesn't really have that. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's, it's Star Wars, you know, they did some stuff. Oh, I, I really liked the episode. You know, this episode was a filler type thing like we discussed when we were watching the Bad Batch. But it didn't give you that, that, that inspiration like Rebels does. That's why I say a lot of people ask me all the time why I like Rebels so much. I think it's some of Dave's best writing ever. Yeah. Like, I think I, this is I some of the right. best writing that he has ever done. I so how would you got? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I personally feel like he sat back while he was doing Clone Wars, the last couple of seasons of Clone Wars, and was like, okay, you know, George is, I know for a fact, George probably kept him in the, you know, the information pool about like wanting to sell it. And, you know, this is what he's wanting to do with it. And I'm pretty sure Dave was already writing Rebels because he expected to do another show with George and was trying to get this all planned out. He probably already had the first three seasons written up and was making, you know, touches. Cause it really feels like George Lucas is a part of this, even though this is something that he had no part of, you know, we didn't have Kanan, we didn't have Hera or Zeb, Chopper, Sabine, all that, you know, we didn't have any of that. So I feel like George kind of like, during the last three seasons of Clone Wars before he sold it to Disney was like, you know, kind of, what you working on, Dave? Was like, let me see, let me, let me help you out a little bit. Let's make sure, let's just make sure there's a, there's a storyline behind all this, because that's, that's, I feel like this is a lot of what George wanted in a cartoon was inspiration. You know, realizing that you can grow, that loving is okay, that being angry is okay. It's just the, the, the matter of growth and how you, how you come back from that angry moment or something that has been traumatic you know and <clears throat> this show is really good about that and i love i love this show like i've <laughs> i love clone wars a lot because like i said i watched clone wars from the beginning you know as, as a kid to now 
and I will always love it first, but Rebels always had something else to it. Like like you guys were saying, it just has more of a, uh, it hits your heart a little bit more. It has more of a compassion, more of a, it makes you realize like, hey, I kind of had a moment like that the other day. And maybe if I approach it next time, if I have a moment like that again, I'll approach it like that and it'll, it'll help me through that situation better. So yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think I, I got to give Rebels a lot of credit for that because it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Nick, the, the, the music cues in the in these episodes are good. Now, there's a few in season three that are just like, well, what the hell? <laughs> but we ain't got there yet. We'll get there. Uh, and, and Dylan, I, I, I helped her out, but I still thought, her, thought about killing her. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you guys rate these two episodes if you was going to rate them all on a scale of 110, huh. 1 to 10? Maybe so... Uh, they were fun and I really enjoyed them, but I I think I still enjoyed the first two episodes slightly more personally, so mm-hmm. I'd maybe go with sort of like a six and a half, a seven, which is like uh, generous, but yeah. I'd go, I'd probably go like a four or five just because that, that Stormtrooper is so annoying. I can't hear anything. <laughs> It's just like, I, I'm sorry, dude. You are like three feet from the guy. Oh, anyway. You're not gonna let us. You're not gonna uh, let that go, are you? No, it's really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets worse throughout it's, the season. Oh, it, it, it gets worse. Gets worse. I promise. It gets, it gets worse. worse. But he's like dodging him. Like huh? they're shooting at him for like point blank range. Actually, he's, like, if that's what Garrison's him. going with, then I'm knocking a point off and going with a solid six for that running animation. Because get no, no. Um, I gotta agree. I'm at a six. I mean. The animation could have been loved on a little bit more, and God, stormtroopers aren't that bad. Like, they're bad, but they're not that bad. Okay, now I, I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go back and remember. Okay, how bad their shot they really were when they couldn't even shoot a blind man walking through a field in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, but that was different. That was like no, he, he was blind and he was walking through a field. He had the four. He, he, he could shoot, he and it was like four hundred of them, and they still missed. He the was saying, are terrible. He they was saying the magic words. <laughs> like there's a meme that I put out a, a long time ago. Where the stormtrooper's like this, and he's holding in the gun, the blaster to his head, and it goes off and it burns a hole in the wall, but he's still fine. He's like, what? <laughs> That's how bad stormtroopers shoot. <laughs> They're terrible. <sighs> Jeez. But I would, I, you know, these weren't two of my favorite episodes. I, you know, I enjoyed them, but they, you know, they weren't two of my favorites, and I'll probably go with a good six, seven right in there. Yeah. And we never rated one last week, you know. We kind of just slid over that a little bit. So we'll just say that one was that one was better. We'll, we'll all yeah. agree to an eight on that one because that one was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I'm happy so. with that. So now let's get to Galactic Star Cruiser for a, a few minutes here. Oh boy, a few minutes. <laughs> so first. I'm Charlie out. just sent me over some uh, some um, pictures. I did, I did just send you some pictures. So um, we're gonna pull these up on screen and we'll we'll describe them to all of our audio listeners. So while um, you're setting that up, I will run people through some of the basics. So we're gonna use Garrison and Addison. You are our theoretical couple for two guests per cabin for the standard room, which contains a queen bed and two bunk beds and no windows, I might add, no space windows. Uh, It is $1,209 per night, or for the voyage total, $4,809. 
This image on the screen is a sample kind of itinerary for the time that you're there, for the time that you arrive. Does that come with free drink? So, here's the other thing. Because, like, I'm getting my money's worth. The package includes two breakfasts, two lunch, two dinner meals per guest, with gratuity and tips included. Um, One service meal when you're in the parks. Um, However, alcoholic drinks are not included in these prices. There There are free soft drinks available, like refillable soft drinks but alcoholic drinks are not included. Most of the drinks are between $13 and $23 for a cocktail, beer, or wine. No. You can buy whole bottles of wine for anywhere from $55 to $140. Wow. These cocktails and drinks are also available during dinner times, but you have to pay extra. Okay, I'm trying to get it on the screen bigger, because... That's all right. Um, There is... There is a gift shop. Nick says, boo, I want drunken lightsaber training. Yes. Um... Although there are multi-course sit-down dinners included with this price, there is a special dining experience that costs $30 per person to sit at the captain's table, if that's something you guys would be interested in. And that, and that, hold on, and if you watch Ordinary Adventures, that is a first-come, first-serve thing. It is a first-come, first-serve. You have to get there and get that paid for immediately when the opening is there. If not, it's gone in seconds. Yep. For what? It's a, a, a dinner at the captain's table, which gives you uh, slightly more menu options, a free drink uh, included, and uh, more experience like interactions with members of the cast. And the yeah, you sit with okay. the captain of the... Yeah, you sit with the captain of the ship and... <clears throat> you can gotcha. interact and all that fun stuff. What is, wait, wait, so what does the captain do? Because we know he's not actually flying a ship. She. She. He or she, whatever. <laughs> Why are you assuming their gender? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have a lot of idiots. There is also a gift shop on board, which, uh, you know, that's your standard Disney merch, t-shirts, pins, key rings, all that good stuff. And there's also a variety of costume pieces, which are all very expensive. You're not expected to dress up. You are encouraged to participate. It's very much like a one big improv exercise. The more you put in, the more you get out. But see, that's the thing. Why do I got to work and I had to pay for it? That's I don't want to work. They, I just want to enjoy shit. Like, I don't want to I don't want to have to work for it. Like, I just want to come in and y'all put on a show. I paid $5,000 for this. I want a show. You know what I'm saying? I want y'all to do all the work. I just want to step back and get drunk and enjoy myself. That's really all I want to do. Tori and Chris. I were watching the videos on this and she, the, the hand towels and the bed set and all that yeah. stuff. But I'm taking anything that's not strapped down. Yeah. Because if I'm paying that much, I'm taking the soaps, I'm taking the, the, the comforter, I'm taking the little cups. That I'm Chris, that's a, a very, very excellent point. At the moment, the majority of people who've been to the Star Cruiser are having their trips paid for them by Disney, and that includes all excess expenses. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of experience translates to people like you and I, who are maybe on a bit more of a budget, bit less expendable income. Here is on the screen for anyone listening is a sample itinerary of what would be available for the time you are there. You arrive at about one o'clock in the afternoon on the first day and you're home finished and out by 10 o'clock in the morning on the third day. And your second day is full from about seven o'clock in the morning to about 11 o'clock at night. So it's you like... Are you are so encouraged. This is, a, this is a thing too on that. So on day one, it says they get the special thing ends at what is that? Eight thirty p.m. Eight forty p.m. That's when it ends, right? Is that what it says? I can't really see it on this screen. It's kind of small. 
So anybody watching, you probably can't see it neither. So what does it say on that bottom right there? Um, it says special atrium entertainment from 8.30 to 8.45, and then you are kind of expected, from what I can gather, to just go to your cabin. Okay, so <laughs> so say that gets over at 9.30. Now you go back, yeah. you wind down at your cabin, you're there with your wife, because I don't see this being a trip that people take their kids to go see on a whole lot of uh, detail. This is, that this is all for the kids. Every single bit of this is for the kids. The adults are just an afterthought at this point. It sounds crazy, but so much of this is designed specifically for the kids. I think that's the only reason they get people to go. But just saying, if it's you and your wife, you get back. Now you want to do some hanky-panky stuff. But you got to get <laughs> oh, up at 8.40 right in the morning. Is that what yeah. that says? 7.30 oh, no, no, in the no, no, morning? No. You've got to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's when... 7 uh, o'clock in the morning? You can't do nothing. You'll be wore out. Like, I, I can't wake up. I need to sleep in for a little bit. This is supposed yeah, to be a vacation. And, and you don't go on vacation and then get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. You don't do that. Sorry, PJ. Yeah. You'll just... <laughs> Nick brings up a great point, because if you're going with the kids all day, they're going to be tired, bro. Have you taken yep. a kid to Disneyland? They're usually yep. dead by three. <laughs> so I will speedily run you guys through this second day to give people an idea of quite how much they're expecting to pack in in one go. Breakfast is from seven till eight in the morning. You then take a transport shuttle to Batu from 8.15 to 8.25. You are booked into the Rise of the Resistance ride from 8.45 till half past nine in the morning. I don't know about you guys, but I'd be knackered. Then you've got the Millennium Falcon Smugglers run, and then you have some lunch while you're in Batu, And then you go back to the Star Cruiser. So all of this has happened by one o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. <clears throat> from do you get one... like first? Do you get like first, like first dibs? Like the, yes. they have to give you first dib if you're on Star yeah. Cruise. Because if you got to go stand in line, them damn time no, you get, um, yes. you get, you get <laughs> lightning pass and uh, lightning lane and free access to the the rides in the parks during the time that you're on the Star Cruiser. It's part of the included ticket prices, which is pretty common for Disney, I think. Go to the park all day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, by sort of, so you get back to the Star Cruiser at sort of one o'clock in the afternoon. And you probably want to go and have a rest. No, lightsaber training from 1 till 1.30, which I would point out is a bit ridiculous. Only so it's 30 a minutes tiny, of light. It's a tiny room. There are about eight people in the room at once. Four of them get to play with the lightsaber and do the, do the beam deflection. The other four are in the back with shields. And then you swap over after 15 minutes. So you only get 15 minutes with the lightsaber, really. What are they doing with the shields? What's uh, protecting? It's, it's to deflect protecting. the beam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, not to not to not to knock the guy that's doing the training, but no. the boy be sweaty as hell. Yeah. Like he looked like he'd be running around all day. Like he's like even on the first day when he watched the videos, yes, he's sweating bullets. And it's like, dude, you you're not even doing it, it, it carries on from 2.30 till 2.50. You've got the droid racing competition, which sounds much more exciting than it actually is. What it is, is parents, children, and adults in the atrium with their RC remote control droids that you build at Batu, And you just race them around on the floor. Just imagine oh. being that one kid that's got the messed up droid that doesn't yeah. really roll right. Yeah. It's gonna <laughs> bum you out. Um, from 3 to 3.30, there's model ship building. From four till five, there's a sabak tournament. However, here is the kicker. There is only one sabak table, proper sabak table on the entire Halicon Star Cruiser. <laughs> so it is, a, it is a first come, first serve, and people might be on there for a few hours. Like it's not. Like sabak takes 
forever. It's a cool ass table. It's a hollow Sabak table, so it doesn't use actual cards. It's all like touch screen and like projections, which is really cool. However, you can go up to the cast members and specifically ask for a set of like physical Sabak cards and they will go and get you some. Uh, <laughs> can you, can, can you really bet money and pay for your ship? Pay for your no. trip, I mean? Uh, <laughs> I rob some people and get my trip for free? From 5 till 5.30, cocktails in the Sublight Lounge. Uh, from 5.30 till 7, there's a Tales Around the Galaxy dinner. And then a big finale. I'm not going to talk too much about spoilers for the story, because obviously I don't want to ruin that for people. Kyle, what's the next photo that I sent you? Uh, then we got the... Ah, yes. Oh, what? Hey, what? What the hell? No! Did they just block me on that shit? How did they know it was on my email? Hold up, go back. <laughs> no! What the hell? Because this format is currently unsupported or the file. How is rude. So like I just looked at Oh, so it's not letting me put it on here. It flashed up on the screen for 0.2 of a second. That was the infamous blue shrimp that's being served oh. at the Tales of the Galaxy dinner. And it's a yeah. standard shrimp, cold shrimp cocktail dyed with pea flour, which makes it that really bright blue color. And apparently it's not the nicest. These, some of these photos were taken from the fantastic, yeah, see that one as well. These photos were taken from the Disney food blog. So I wonder if they maybe have a few sort of copyright restrictions, which is absolutely fair. I just wanted to show people. Did we just get a copyright strike against us on YouTube no, for didn't. showing this crap? No, we didn't. <laughs> no. I'm going to be really mad at Disney because we all copyright strike no. us for showing some pictures. <laughs> no. We've only talked about this one other time. Calm down, Disney. And we watched the whole video and didn't get a copyright strike, so I don't know how some pictures. This is garbage. Not only are you expected to uh, participate in this itinerary, an awful lot of this happens via your phone using uh, the data pad section of the, Di the Play Disney Park app, which people yep. use to like book their rides and all that good stuff. The data pad is now part of that app to use while you're on the Star Cruiser. So that means you're spending like 70% of your time looking at your phone rather than Around. being immersed because you're trying to keep hold of this really, really tight schedule. Um, the food is designed to look really, really appealing in the restaurants. I would also like to point out that the food and menus were created by Disney's in-house chef, Brian Piasecki. He was trained by the Walt Disney World Culinary Arts School and has worked for Disney for over 16 years. So like amazing credentials, fantastic, but so so much of this food is insane. This food better be bomb. It 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 looks Michelin star, but it isn't. It's one of those where it looks it's it's very very simple menu items. Obviously, because you can't make it super fancy, because not everybody has you know really excess like food palettes. It's like fond of really fancy ingredients. Everything you read on these menus is ingredients you'll know of and dishes that you've had before, just with like some dry ice or some food coloring oh. so yeah um there are multiple activities available throughout the ship um bridge training 45 minute activity where you access four different stations and partake in a ship battle with the star cruiser uh engineering <laughs> come on kyle <laughs> kyle you can't comment on your own show. <laughs> Why not? There, there you go. Um, the engineering section of the ship has often been compared to a science museum. A lot of reviews that I've read, uh, multiple interactive areas and cast members to guide you through puzzles. Um, lightsaber training. There's an outer rim regalia, which is a guest fashion show where people are encouraged to put on their themed outfits and walk that catwalk. Yes, Queen, slay the house down. 
That's what Star Wars is all about. That is what Star Wars is all about. <laughs> um, although I have seen quite a lot of Potter... Stop it, the two of you. I have seen... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, have... I, I saw Kyle do it, and I was like, I already have it up to see something. I have <laughs> I was seen like, I say something. quite a few pop, like positive reviews. Uh, we interacted with the characters a lot during our visit, and they worked hard to learn our names and build a relationship with us. These interactions felt authentic and felt real. Um... However, one of my issues, and I wish I had the video to, to show you guys, um, there's a big performance at the end involving two characters who I will not mention for the sake of spoilers. I'm sure a lot of you have seen this already. And obviously, this character is a recent hire, like the, the person they've got to play this character is a recent hire. Um, I don't think she had very much time to rehearse the choreography of these fight scenes that she does. Is a bit... Can I say something? Can can I, can I, can I, of course. Is it... It, 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 can I say what it involves? Yeah, go on then, go on then. The lightsaber battle is trash, I'm the just saying. Battle, yeah. So she has, obviously, you know this lightsaber that uh, they unveiled at D D23, the one that like oh. extends and retracts? You don't get to use that. That doesn't go anywhere near your hands as somebody who's <sighs> paid five grand for this experience. However, Miss Ray wheels this, ignites it, and obviously you can't fight with it because it's really delicate. So she has to bend down, put it on the floor, and pick up another one whilst making it look like some kind of fluid movement. No. Terrible. That's it, it's wow. awful. The, the, the lightsabers, when they clash, you don't get the clashing effect. It's like no. the toy lightsabers you have at home in like the 90s and 2000s <laughs> that we had. You don't get the clash effect. I am, hold on. <laughs> I'm so confused. This is Disney, okay? multi-billion dollar corporation they can't figure out a better way for her to switch lightsabers than to bend down drop it and pick up another one i've just i've just sent the video of it to the group chat so you can That's have a so look bad, dude. there's also um a scene where a said character is pulled force pulled across the balcony and it's it's a hot it it's just it's just she's just stood on a conveyor belt going yeah. like this <laughs> Well, Chris said something about he just sent you a screenshot of a drink what menu for. What did he send me, Chris? I'm he so said he sent it to the LSR Instagram. He said he sent the drink menu. Hey, I'm not looking at my phone during recording. Nobody look at me. We're not doing a quiz, so it's all right to look at your phone. Um, yeah, Chris has sent us some of the drinks. We've got uh, Mark of the Huntress, which is bourbon whiskey, peach infused blackcurrant, almond and lemon sparkling bubbles. Now sounds. We too have bad. a fiery Mustafa served with lava extract, which is a Heo tequila. Cannot pronounce that, not even gonna try. Stone fruit, lime chili, and black salt. And just so you know, when Mustard you order ball, that drink. Mustafar and you put don't put fireball in it. That's I know, a crime. So, so you know when you order that drink, it comes in a vial that you can add in a secret Mustafar. Yeah. You can add in some spicy lava sauce. And it's Tabasco. Like Tori and tabasco. I were bartenders. Like I <laughs> And I'm like, that is Tabasco sauce? Um, and that looks terrible. The third drink on this list, which is 100% stolen from our episodes and my idea, we have the Hoth Icebreaker. Yeah, I seen that. I was like, oh man, y'all terrible. Why are you yeah, really gonna call it the stuff. Icebreaker? How rude, call it the Hoth Breaker. Don't be, don't be, please. It's vodka, lemon, cane sugar, and lemon foam. And Chris wants to know the prices of these drinks. Oh excited? yeah, I'm gonna tell you guys the prices. For the Mark of the Huntress, it's $23. For one drink? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shit, I'm sneaking a bottle in. I got a fifth item somewhere. The Fiery Mustafar is $17 and the Hoth Icebreaker is 18 
And the last on this list, which is the cheapest at $15, is the Cloud of Bespin, which is rum, lemon, almond, passion fruit, and lemon foam. Why are they all made with lemon foam? Because <laughs> it's supposed to look like a cloud, okay? Okay. Ouch. We... No, I'm joking. <laughs> we know. Know. Um, nearly all of these ideas that are presented in the Star Cruiser are actually taken from the VR game, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which I've played. Great fun, really enjoyable. Um, you take over control of a transport vessel and escape to Batu, and then you go back to the transport vessel and you go do some more stuff. Like it, I think they were testing out these ideas previously. I, I, you know, so they put out that stupid first video that just made it really look like garbage. Like now they came out with some of these, and I haven't had a chance to watch too many. I think I watched like one or two. I don't and think it's garbage. It didn't. It didn't just, look that much better. It's like okay, now you just put in some more lights and some more characters, and you made it look color. a little bit you better. You added some color to it to kind of yeah. It, it didn't look too much. It did. To me, it does not look like it's. <laughs> $5,000 worth of crap. Like, I'm not going to spend 5000 I'd rather just spend $5,000 and go to Galaxy's Edge and just have fun all damn day. You know what I'm saying? B build me a lightsaber. Give me some... If I got to spend that type of money, I'd rather just go to Galaxy's Edge. I just okay. don't... I just... It, it, it seems gimmicky to me. It really, me really Disney seems... Don't invite us. Gimmicky. That's true. Just because we're not keen, don't, don't not invite us, Disney. Um, I also, I've seen a lot of videos of parents who've taken their kids or were invited to the kind of shorter experience with their kids, like influencers, family bloggers, all that kind of thing. And honestly, these kids have an incredible time. These kids are, are crying, they're, they're happy, they're running around, they're laughing. I think a lot of this isn't for us, isn't for us to have our Star Wars main character moment. It's for the Litlands. And I think but even, even though if you're paying that, if I'm paying that type of money, yeah. even if I'm taking my kids, even if I'm taking my kids and I'm paying that type of money, like the best part that you got is really expensive drinks that I can get drunk. Like, yeah. That, that's the best part for adults, <laughs> which is fine. If it's just, if they just created it for the kids, which is fine. But you got to remember that an average American family or average family worldwide is not going to be able to spend $5,000 a person or even two people because now you got to spend 10 grand just for two kids and you and your wife. Or what if yeah. you got four kids? This is just not feasible for a normal family in the world. Right. You got you to gotta be rich to do this. And that's, I think that that's one of the downfalls that Disney is doing. You're trying to make money off of this instead of creating an experience. That's how it really feels to me. So for four guests, which is three adults and one child by their calculations, $749 per night, which makes the total voyage $5,999, not including extra expenses. You know what else gets me? Do you know what else really grinds my gears? Photo pass pictures, which will be taken during the course of the trip, are not free. You have to pay to download the photos that are taken unless you buy the Memory Maker pack, which is God knows how much money. I mean, just it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it really does not make sense to me. Like, I understand that they're, they got to make money. They got to pay for all this crap. You know, they got to make money. But you're making money off of films. You're making money off of all the other theme parks. You're making money off of all this other stuff. And you design this 
for kids. Like Galaxy Edge, an adult can go there and enjoy themselves just as much as a child can. This does not seem like anything that's enjoyable for an adult. So the adult got to go there. You done spent all this money. I just got to be irritated. Finally, I get rid of the kids for a couple hours. I get to get a little bit drunk, but that's going to cost me another grand because the drinks are so damn expensive. <laughs> and then I can't even go back and do anything because I got to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I can't even get freaky deaky with the wife because it's, I got to wake up in four uh, hours. Like, Would you want to, though? Because the kids are in a bunk right there. Yeah. And they, uh, just imagine if you had, if you wanted to get a conjoining room with your kids. That's probably another five grand. So now I yeah. spent thirty thousand dollars, and I didn't even get to have no fun at all. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So the attendance numbers since they opened the park back up with uh, with all the restrictions, mm -hmm. three point six million people have attended just Disneyland yeah. itself. Why are you overpricing this when you're averaging this number? Like in a uh, this month thing. Disney makes, as a whole and as a major company, Disney makes the majority of its money through its theme parks. Its theme yeah. parks are its biggest, it's not a film company, it's not a television company, it's not a media company, it is a theme park company first and foremost. Theme parks and hotels. This is so obnoxiously overpriced. Do you know what else there is? If guests get claustrophobic, because it's technically two and a half days in a windowless cell, um, they have something <laughs> called a climate simulator, which is just, it's just a patio outside. Oh my! Oh wow! So, real fast, back on the the, the ratio was... numbers, they averaged before COVID eighteen point seven six million people in a six month span. Jesus! That's just at one park. That's not both parks. That's not merch. The that's not food. That's just, money. Yeah, and you're charging that much money for yeah, the and then you're park? asking you're asking your dedicated Disney goers and fans, people who live in Florida, people who have the year pass, people who have the annual pass, people who live on Disney property. You're asking them to pay that again. <laughs> for I just, what? I, two and a bit days. No, less I, than two and a bit days. One and a half days. That's where that's where I think that Disney fails the most when it comes to Star Wars. You know, that's that's my ultimate thing. Like that's where they damage, you know, yeah, <laughs> kids going to no, bed. The, <laughs> the bathrooms are split, the toilet's behind a sliding door, so you can lock the child in the toilet. Perfect. And then you're good to go. But yeah. you know, the the you know, when you look at it as a whole, that's where Disney is filling Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars fans are not used to paying that type of price to do things. No. You know, Galaxy's Edge, that's expensive as enough, you know? And then depending on like, with like, you know, Garrison's not too bad. He's pretty close to uh, to this four hour drive to get to LA to go to Galaxy's Edge in California. But I'm in the middle of the country. It's like 2,000 miles either direction I go to get to Galaxy's Edge. So first I gotta get there. Then I gotta pay to get in. That's just to go to Galaxy's Edge. That's expensive enough. I'm a 15 hour drive from Disney. Oh. I'm 15 hours. If I don't stop, that's not counting the bathroom breaks, the gas, the the the, the, the kids need food kind of stuff like that's that's if I stop it's 15 me, solid. Maybe take me about 2 hours hour and a half to get to Disneyland Paris, but at the Eurostar did they got it in Disney? Did they? Did they? Are they gonna have it in? Yeah. So and also, is it at every park, or is this just something that's it's, in Orlando, or is it in all of them? I think it's in California, isn't it? The no, it's Orlando. in Orlando. In Florida. Yeah. 
Oh. It's only in Florida right now. And they're talking, they're in talks of making another one for California to make it fair. And they're now building, they're building one in the Paris location as well and in the Tokyo location. So it's like, not worth it. It's going. No, I just, I just think that that's where they're feeling Star Wars and they're feeling the Star Wars fan. Like we can deal with a bad movie or, you know, something like hey, that. Speak for you yourself. Know. I don't want a bad movie. <laughs> I mean, we can deal with that because we know another movie's gonna come out. But if I drive two, if I drive two thousand miles away, I spend all this money and I get some garbage like that. I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm never going back to Disneyland again. I'm like they robbed the shit out of me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just got robbed for like a year's worth of work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I worked for a year to make 30 grand, and then they just took all my damn money. Like, that's not even, that's not yeah. fair. Bodhi, this is it, isn't it? The price is the Twi'leks. Better give the wife and I a massage. Straight up. Where is I would the pay, massage? I would, I would pay some money for that, you know? <laughs> Do I get a happy ending at the end of it? Kyle, please. I'll take the Twi'lek massage if it comes with a happy if ending. I'm going to drive to <laughs> Disney World. It is one day and 15 hours. What? Yeah. I will like, take I don't even know. Drive. I'll take the 15 hour drive. Well, you are indeed Clark Griswold from the National Lampoon's Vacation movie. <laughs> well, I just, you got to be feasible because I'm not just thinking about me. I'm thinking about m- normal people. The no, normal guy, the normal family can't afford this. The normal family is not going to be able to afford this. They're going to save up all this money, all this time, you know, and they're gonna go out here to to do this, and then they're gonna be disappointed because basically I gotta go to jail for three days and being and I don't even get to have no fun just for my kids. And parents will do that, and they know Disney knows that parents will do that. If their kids say I want to go to Gal- Galaxy Star Cruiser, they will pay that, no question. What's up, Obi Sean Kenobi? Welcome. See, I think everyone is on the page, particularly us people and sort of, you know, the normal earning brackets. I would much rather take that money that I'd save for Star Cruiser and just put it towards Galaxy's Edge. Think how many lightsabers I could get with five grand. I'm telling you, you could go. You don't, you I don't would rather go on just a regular Disney cruise for, a, you know, five days. Because oh, I, I think my it. sister and then went on the Disney cruise. They did like four nights, three nights and four days. And they went on, they was on the cruise the whole time. My sister and her husband had a blast. They said that, and they went as adults. It was just them two. And they said they had a blast doing it. And it's like, dude, I'd rather spend five grand on that than I would spend five grand on going on to be in a prison. Why didn't they make it a cruise? Why couldn't you make that a cruise? I know, it would make so much more sense. You could have made the ship experience more authentic that way. Oh, big time, that's a good point. You didn't do that, you landlocked it. And you tried to make it a minimalistic thing when you could have done the four nights, three days. Sorry, I hit the button. I hit my button. <laughs> my bad. But you could have made it a. Don't hit the button. Yeah, four nights. <laughs> I meant to move my mic and I clicked mute and I was like, ah, oops. You could have made it a four night or three night, four day, whatever crap, and made it more immersive. And you'd have time to rebuild everything. You'd have more of a selection. You could have a bigger storyline and a, a lot of immersive things. You could have another boat meet up that looks like a ship and you'd have like Chewie needing help or like you could, there's so much potential and you landlock this 100%. and are trying to charge us 10K to do it. So You're high it gets, as a kite. It's not even like, so these prices that I read out to you guys is sort of like 4,800, whatever. These are for the standard rooms. These are the budget rooms, which have no windows, one like one bed and two bunks. 
the for the full like galactic suite that has like a, a sitting area and proper windows and proper like viewing spaces, it almost doubles the prices. It's extortionate. I'm just, I'm okay. I, you can't you you can't add financial damage. <laughs> yes, there is a twenty-five. You can't add luxury on top of luxury. It doesn't work like that. There's a twenty thousand dollar room. Galactic suite is twenty k. Man, I'm not in a professional sport or make that kind of money. Yeah, this is for like like NFL players. This is not. Man, that's Jay Z prices. 20 20 grand. You got to be like Jay Z and Beyonce. We're going to take Blue Ivy in there to go see this crap. Let's spend 20 grand for a room. Just like mommy, baby. I I am Um, literally a welder. I average 2K a paycheck. That's it. That's it. I ain't gonna. That's a that's a year for me of saving up after my bills to hope to God I can even get near that budget. Oh just, yeah, Nick, correct. No. Uh, that galactic suite is where in canon Hannah and Leia, Han- Hannah and Leia, wow, Han and Leia, um, consummated their marriage. That's where Ben was made. That's where Ben was made. <laughs> right up. It's not fun fact. It's not because I have the last shot book. I got my audible back. Fun fact for all the fans. Got Yay. my audible back. Took me four hours on a phone with Amazon. Got it back. Um, right. Ben was conceived over Jakku during the Battle of Jakku. I got over an argument. Jakku? Yeah. Not in Jakku. Over Jakku during the Battle of Jakku to liberate Jakku. That makes me want to go see the Millennium Falcon even more. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an iconic ship. (laughs) Ben Solo was made here. Fun fact for everybody walking through. (laughs) Right. I decree that we have chewed through enough of of Galactic Star Cruiser. My head is going to explode if I have to talk about this mess anymore. I'm sure with more updates and more reviews, we will come back to this with updated opinions, thoughts and feelings. For now, I think we can all agree that it is, in my humble opinion, far too much money for something that doesn't necessarily, at the moment, seem worth that price tag. And if I ever have to look at those pictures of that blue shrimp again... Nope. Be glad you had to see it for only 0.1 of a second. I had to read the whole <laughs> blog post breaking down the exact flavor palette of the blue shrimp. <laughs> My wife will still like it. She loves shrimp. She'll eat any kind of shrimp. Yeah, if it's if if you're a fan of shrimp cocktail, then apparently it's a delicious dish. But if you're not here for giant cold pieces of shrimp served on dry ice, then it's maybe <laughs> just the wrong color. Yeah. <laughs> I think our brains are wired to not... It just doesn't look right. Like, I look no, at it the photos and I'm like, I like shrimp. It's like one of my favorite things. I'm looking at that and I'm like, why does that look like it rotted up? Like, why is that molt? Like, why? Why is... That's going to discourage me from wanting to try anything else on this table. Thank you to our very, very enthusiastic and energetic chat this evening. Appreciate that all the new people who've shown up, I'd be sure Kenobi, Bodhi Collection, amazing. Thank you so, so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure. Join us on Saturday, as always. How are we yep. going to find what we're talking about this week? Uh, I don't know. I'll come up with somebody. <laughs> That's okay. Come up with something and let everybody know. You can find us on uh, all major social media. Head over to our Instagram because we're nearly at 500 followers. If we could make that in the next week, that'd be brilliant. Thank you so, so much. Everyone look after yourselves. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Be kind, be safe, and may the force be every every single one of you, all of you. Boy, goodbye, everybody. Hit Bye. the button. Hit the button. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to LSR. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing so you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you would like to be a guest on the show or just want to give us some feedback, feel free to email us. You can also reach out to us on all major social media platforms. They're linked in the show notes below. Lightsaber Radio is produced by Pick Film Media and is a Sway cast original, starring Charlie Harwood, Garrison Turcott, CJ Elliott, and Carl McDaniel. And don't forget to join us next time for more adventures in a galaxy far, far away.